Blog Talk Radio. fight you, I fight myself, I fight God to tell me how many burdens left, I fight pain and hurricanes, today I wept, I'm trying to fight back tears, flood on my doorstep, life's a living hell, puddles of blood in the street, shooters on top of the building, government aid ain't relief, earthquake, the body drop, the ground breaks, the poor run with smoke lungs and scar face, who need a hero, hero. you need a hero, look in the mirror, there go your hero, who on the front lines, the ground zero, hero. my heart don't skip a beat, even when hard times bumps the needle, mass destruction and mass corruption, the soul the suffering men, clutching on deaf ears again, rapture is coming, it's all prophecy, and if I gotta be sacrificed for the greater good, then that's what it gotta be. All powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and, wait a minute, pardon me, and black power, pardon me, having these little, little difficulties, let me see, that should be better, um, black power. It's your brother, Chairman Yang and Kuma, coming to you again on another Sunday, 8 o'clock, Party for Self-Determination. Like always, this is our program. It's an opportunity for us to share um, opinions and express views. There is, anyone that knows me knows there is no right or wrong. It's only opinions and views, and let's find some solutions to these problems type of thing going on with me. Um, but there again, man, I want to thank you. I have. With me, I have opened her line. I don't know how much she's going to share. I know she's still traveling. Our national directors of operation, seven. Such an unexpected surprise. Seven. Are you there? Greetings. I'm here, yes. Greetings. Put you on the spot. You know not to call into the <laughs> – just open the mic. Great deal. Glad. Hey, listen, at any time your mic will remain open. At any time, please jump in. Um, I, listen. Even when I'm traveling, I like to tune into the show, and it gives food for thought. So definitely, thanks for recognizing, awesome. and uh, I'm here to listen. Okay, great deal. Awesome. We're talking about today elitism and the responsibility to the black community or to the masses of black people. Elitism. Now, those people who have listened to me have probably heard me use this word before, but I'll go into a very general definition, uh, and especially from a revolutionary's perspective. Elitism is just that. It is the making elite of a section or group, 
It is the um, pulling yourself aside from the body, and in most instances, thinking that there is a superiority or a specialty or something that just sets you apart, and not necessarily most people that call themselves elitist or elite, not setting you apart in a negative way, but in a superior, specialized, grandiose way. And um, the dangers of that, what are the dangers of that in the movement? The dangers of that in the movement is it's too emulation if that's a word. It begins to be too uh, reminiscent and too close to what we see those people who try to oppress us do. A lot of their groups, especially the upper echelon groups, are elitist groups. You're talking about the Bilderbergs and some would say the Illuminati. Some would say the Masons, even those who want to say the Masons, but nonetheless, these are elitist groups. And I find, and one, and one of the, you know, I'm one of those people that like to always tell why I'm talking about a particular thing. And what happened to me with this elitism and the responsibility to the black masses is after all, especially after the very, I like to call it, man, was outstanding demonstration at Stone Mountain to see that many black armed black people. Uh, exercising their Second Amendment rights, I thought it was outstanding. But, you know, after that event, the rhetoric that followed began to concern me. And it wasn't just his particular rhetoric. What ended up happening from that, a lot of gun clubs and a lot of groups began to express the same rhetoric. And that was a rhetoric of, I think because, uh, first let me say what the rhetoric was. I'm, I'm all over the place. That was a rhetoric of, we're not here for everybody. We can't be everywhere. Our job, we can't protect all the protests. And, the, and if you're not down with us, then, you know, you're on your own. Get down with us and we'll look out. Why that began to uh, bother me and why I think that that rhetoric came about so readily and people were espousing that is because when we came out with the, the guns, when the armed groups came out and showed their uh, might or whatever, you know, that force, people began to raise questions, some sincere, some I probably would say would, you know, what we like to call hating, you know, some were sincere questions and some were, yeah, were what we call hating. And what the questions were, were, okay, you're doing, you know, we're doing these demonstrations, we're doing these maneuvers. While the maneuver was going on in Stone Mountain, a lady was shot. You know, we have uh, hangings have gone back up. We haven't seen this many hangings in such a short span of time since damn segregated South. I mean, yo, hangings, literally, and they're being they're being brushed aside and pushed on the wall as suicides, you know. So we see all of these things going on, and we see these armed groups, and they're marching, and they're saying, from when I hear the rhetoric, they're about the defense of the black community and the defense of the black nation. And so when these tragedies happen to us and the black masses say, hey, where are you guys at? Then it's, we're not for, we, that's not what we're about. We can't defend everybody. And I agree with them that you can't defend everybody. So what is our responsibility to the black masses? What are you here for? And I can't tell you what you're here for. Only your group can say that. And I'm glad some of you are coming out, and a lot of groups are coming out and making the statements that they're making, that if you're not with us, uh, we can't aid and assist you or whatever. Very elitist statements, I am glad, because in the beginning, the statements were very confusing. 
when you come out and make a statement saying that you're here to defend black people and yada, 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 then I think that's what we expect. That is what we expect. You can't be upset with us. And my mouth is close to my ears. And it's not just for gun groups, any group, any group, that when you come out and you say that you're a Panther Party, I'm going to go on, since we're a People's Panther Party, I'm going to go on and say all Panther Parties. When you come out and say you're a Panther Party uh, or, you're, or, or you know, you're a progressive black organization and you're for the masses, and when uh, things hit the black masses and what your group says that it does, like if an issue hits the black masses, say, for instance, if we get flooding, and you say your group is aid and rescue, but we don't see you aiding or rescuing anyone, then I think that we have a right to say, hey, where are you groups at to say that you knew this? It's only natural. And it shouldn't cause a problem, not realistically, because you're being, you know, you're being asked about what you do. You're being asked about what you do. So, excuse me, I have to go back in for a minute. Brothers and sisters, these mosquitoes are trying to get me. So in, in, in being asked about what you do, especially if you say, or what you're doing, especially say you say this is what you do, I think to get offended and get upset is just counterproductive. So what, so what do you do? Here's what I would suggest you do. You either clarify your position or you be about the business that you say you're about. For example, if you're a gun club, if you're a defense organization, if this is what you work on and you say you're about, no, you may not have the manpower. You may not have the time or the uh, economics or the wherewithal to be everywhere and to do everything, but you begin to teach the masses to defend themselves. If you're a defense organization and you're saying that your job is to defend the masses, that's your job. Now, how you get that job done is up to you. I think what happens, in my opinion, too many times and why I'm having this is because elitist organizations masquerade themselves as mass movement organizations, draw the unsuspecting masses of people, they get inside of there, and then it becomes a cult. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, you say, oh, well, um, you know, can you help us? Can we help these people? They're not with us. They don't wear the same button we wear. They don't use the same lingo we use or whatever, any reason to distinguish and, and, and separate ourselves from other people engaging in that struggle. So what is the responsibility? What is the struggle? This is the question. You're listening to People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. I'm your brother, Chairman Yang and Kruma. Listen, that's hit one. If you'd like to participate in the conversation, because that is the question of the day. What is the responsibility to the black community, and when is enough is enough? I'm constantly hearing people say, you can't save everybody. You can't help everybody. Well, what's the determinant? Who is it you can't save? How much is enough before you say, I give up? And is it one individual person? Is it a group of people? You know, to, in my opinion, we're very quick to give up on ourselves as if we really have a choice in the matter. Oh, yeah, we will indulge and tolerate bad service from other people. 
I know people that would go in a corner store and receive terrible service from the guy at the corner store at the gas station and won't even just walk across the street to go to another gas station. They will go in that gas station, fuss and argue and go back and forth with that man and still spend their money. And go into a black restaurant, get bad service, say, see, this is why I don't deal with niggas. And, and literally not go back to that store again. So at what point have, do we clock out on black people? At what point do we say we can't save everyone? I mean, you know, listen, I may be foolish, but I go into it with the intentions of saving every black person. That's why I'm in this. My intentions are to save every black person, and I have to be shown that I can't. It's amazing that I hear all of these self-help gurus and all of these um, do-it-yourselfers and all these positive affirmations. And, you know, they're talking this positive. There's nothing I can't do. I can overcome anything. And then when it comes to us, oh, you can't work with black people. I refuse. But where is the positive affirmations? Where is the forgive your brother 101 times? Understanding that we come from um, crazy conditions, the traumas that we suffer from. But instead of addressing it, what we do, all us, our traumatic little selves get in these little cliques and we become elitist. We become cliquish, who we don't mess with. Like, I, 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 I mean, really, and, and, and why am I saying this and reiterating this? Because it is a very big problem in the movement. We actually have audacity to say who we're not going to deal with and then not just deal with like Joe Blow, black American or African here in America. I'm talking about brothers and sisters who have joined in the so-called movement or participate in the movement towards liberation for our people. These are the type of people that we're saying we don't deal with. I have comments now that still don't speak to me. Not because I kicked their dog, picked a flower out of their yard, broke a window in their home. No, because they disagree with my political views and will go to the extent of not dealing with a brother. We are so practice elitism to such a degree that we will hide wrongdoings. We will aid and abed criminals in our organizations. Criminals, literally criminals. You know the brother is doing wrong. You know the sister is doing wrong, major wrongs. And you hide these criminals. Elitism. Clickism. Cultism. And turn around and espouse communalist village type of views and opinions and philosophies and ideologies. And it's just a word you say because your actions don't bear witness. See, to be a revolutionary is to be courageous. To be a revolutionary is coming to the grips that you may, the only friend you may have if you're a God-believing person such as myself, the only friend you may have is Allah or God, your higher power. When you're a revolutionary, but when you still bring these these 
uh, sicknesses of the mind over to revolution, then you're going to, it's going to be the same thing under a different title. And that's what we see. We see them donning the berets and the patches and the red, black, and green and all, but having freed themselves from neocolonialism, having freed themselves from niggerism. And so they bring the same nigger mess into the movement, Negro gangbanging in the movement. It was the Bloods of the Crips, now it's the New Panthers versus the People's Panthers versus the People's New Black Panther versus the Revolutionary Black Panthers versus the, come on, man. Now we set tripping. Now we don't enjoin the good and forbid the wrong. We don't aid and assist where righteousness is taking place, even if those are people from our particular organization, because we're cliquish. And we'll call one another and practice the backbiting, and we'll practice every other type of thing that isn't advantageous or beneficial for us with vigor with a zest, with a zeal to it. But when it comes to doing the right thing, you find us making a million one excuses. If you're in a party and you know wrong is taking place, it's your responsibility. This is what I believe. Your responsibility is of the black masses. I may not can save everyone, but I can save them from your ass. I may not can save everyone, but I can save them from your criminal activities, from your whoremongering, from your thieving, from your lying, from your wickedness. I can do this. I refuse to practice an elitism. I refuse to think myself and a few people that I get with are better or more specialized or superior than other people to the degree to the degree that I don't feel like I have to aid them or save them or even that I'm that the truth is owed to them from me. How many of you are walking with people that aren't doing the right thing? Yet they wear a Panther patch or any other button that should represent liberation, independence, freedom, and advancement for black people in America. How many of you are with people who are not doing what just is a universal understanding of any progressive black organization, and that's to empower and uplift black people. You walk with these criminals. You are an agent of elitism. You're an agent of cultism. You're beginning to feel like that you don't have a responsibility to your own people. And one of the reasons I dare say that you feel that way is because what I call escapism. Nobody wants to be the so-called nigger or the black African here in America. So even if you get a few of yourselves and you go train and you're good with your guns and you practice, now that's all you think you're accountable to is the people out there training you with guns. Here's the idiocy in that. One, not only is it divisive, not only is it not beneficial for the masses of elitism and that type of thinking, not beneficial for the masses of African people, it isn't beneficial for you. It isn't advantageous for you. Elitism isn't advantageous for any group that thinks that they have it all to themselves because none of us, no organization out here, is to the point that we are self-sufficient entirely. 
meaning that that particular organization doesn't need any other organization or anyone else in the liberation struggle. This is the, fall- the fallacy of, of uh, elitism. Like I started with the so-called gun clubs and defense mechanisms, so I'm going to do that and we'll go to other things. Like, yo, you can shoot. You can do all of that. You can get in the bushes and you can hide and you can jump out of the, the mud like Rambo, and that's great. But, nigga, well, who's going to feed you? Have you thought about a supply line? Have you thought about shelter? Oh, you're going to farm too. Y'all expert farmers. And none of your training are you learning herbs. I watch your training videos. I, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're training in defense. The problem comes with your elitism is that you're so caught up in that that you don't think about the necessity of forming with other organizations, the agriculturalists, the doctors, the people that are going to aid and assist you in that. No, because not only are you elitist, you're not really a revolutionary organization because you do that training because you know you can depend on the white man. That's why you practice elitism. You're not thinking about being self-sufficient and self-determined. After your training, you go home. You go home. You're not thinking about the people who are going through COVID and had rent suspension and not rent forgiveness. Therefore, rent is due. They're going to be homeless. You're not thinking about that because they don't have a gun and they ain't in the bushes with you. Or because they eat meat and they're not vegetarians with you. Whatever you're using as your elitism. The reason I'm saying about these defense mechanisms is because those have been the videos that have been surfacing. All of these brothers are... All of these disclaimers, man, this is a bad time. At the height of what we're going through, at the height of what we're going through as black Africans in America, our gun groups, our defense mechanisms are offering disclaimers. We can't look out for everybody. We ain't here for everybody. We can't protect the protesters. We ain't here for ourselves. You can't look out for everybody. got to do what they say. How the hell? What? At this time. At the risk of sounding redundant or being redundant at a time when black men are being hanged, like we're in the 1960s, being hanged, hung, black men, police still brutalizing. The, the, the tapes are still out there. We're still being brutalized. In fact, more than ever, because they're determined to show us that all what you were doing was for not. You're fronting. <laughs> Excuse me. So not only do we do they show us we're front, we back it up because we come out with the disclaimers when we can't help everybody. Why? 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 If you ask me, I can tell it. You can get mad at me and come see me because it's cowardly. If you're not rolling in a big bunch, if you ain't three or four brothers ramboing and with your gun, one or two of you can't go somewhere, get in the neighborhood and train the people in that community to defend because you're an elitist, and elitists don't know how to talk to the masses of people. If it isn't your way, it's no way. If you don't see it, how it's going down, then you can't see it, man. You're coming with this neocolonialism elitist. You have a responsibility to black people if you are black African here in America. And if you say that you don't, I don't have a problem with that. Just quit damn masquerading like you're on our side. Stop it. I love that I was talking to our national director of operations today, and she had met a, a gentleman. But then I'm hoping she can woo him over, and eventually he comes on into the party. 
But the brother was, you know, a gun trainer, licensed, and he was a very big advocate of the Second Amendment right, our right to fight. And here's what I loved about that. Even after finding out she was a Black Panther, he didn't flip the script. You know, oh, you're a Black people that believe. No, I believe in the Second Amendment right. I believe in it. He knew what he was about. Some of you Negroes are about that, and that's okay. They quit coming over here like you want some revolutionary stuff. If you're a reformist, if you're about holding up the amendments in the Constitution, and that's the extent of your struggle, I'm not saying those are bad things. Those radical reform is necessary for revolution. You've heard me say it before. Get every right we can get. But if you think the solution is found in you having a right in the Constitution, in the so-called status quo, please stop fronting and pretending that you're a revolutionary. Then we know, because we know reformists don't have a responsibility to the black masses. They only have a responsibility to the American government, to a better way of life for themselves, to make sure that they can participate and have certain rights. And those who agree with them, we know reformists in themselves are elitists. If you don't see it this way, oh, man, we ain't with you. You got to vote. It. They and themselves only. And now we're emulating this. I'm challenging. I'm not even talking to the leaders because a lot of leaders don't listen to my program. If they do, they do it secretly. They never get back with Brother Yanger. I wish they would. But I challenge the membership in these groups to begin to ask questions. Begin to ask questions. How long, how many signs and warnings do you have to have in our community of cults popping up? And I ain't going to start calling out the cults. Just you think in your own mind. How about that? You think about it. How long will you still follow people blindly to your demise? And that's what it's always ever led to when you follow people blindly. Either they're tickling your children or he's trying to tickle your woman. He's doing something illicit, something that's not right. And we still march off into that blindly. It comes a time when we have to rise up and wake up that the advancement of the people, better living conditions, become the all of what we do it for. Become the all of what we do it for. But what ends up happening is when you're dealing with a people that have been nameless, when you're dealing with a people that have had, um, I don't want to say attention, but haven't been acknowledged or recognized, when a group comes along and says, this is what's happening, and the attention comes to it, every, all of us rush towards it. And we rush to it, and we love that attention, and we love being set apart from the so-called American Negro. We love that attention so much that we become sensible deaf. You know what sensible deaf is? Your ears don't even listen for sense of a statement anymore. A guy can get up, and you love the accolades and being with this group so much and the attention so much, a clown can get up, say anything, and you will back it and endorse it to the damnedest thing. Because it's all self. The responsibility of the people Keep us focused, because when you keep a pulse on the people, you have a pulse on the changing times of society. When you have a pulse on the people, 
you know what's going on in society because the people react to society. The things with elitists and what we find with most elites and cliques is that they create a reality for their people. They create a reality. And when you create that reality, you tell the people how to handle that reality. Just like if you go to most of these trainings, do we do this? And you train like this, and you and, and they're training these people for a reality that they created. Do you think that the first shot to the rebel, you think, you really think y'all finna be in the streets shooting like, y'all been watching too much TV. If you think that revolution is just going to kick and everybody's going to run in the streets and go all, go down like that, man, you're disillusioned. Don't let that little the uprising, these little protests, trick you into think that's how revolution looks. If these Europeans was really fighting about that, you wouldn't have seen a little punk-ass police. Might, might not even the National Guard. You'd have seen the real deal if they were ready by a revolution. If they're really worried about a revolution, you ain't going to see nobody. You're going to see the CIA to assassinate the one that's calling it. So all of this extra literature is good because it gives you, it lets you know how to work your weaponry in this, but all this training like you a military and don't have a nation, man, stop the jokes, man. Stop the, the, the chuckle chuckle, the giggle giggle. That's all I'm saying. Think that you're going to get in your little thing and all of these ex- military and everybody getting together, and yeah, I'm coming hard on it because I'm about, frankly, I'm tired of it because you're bringing that mentality over to us, not understanding when you're bringing that, that military mentality to us that the military, the United States military is there to enforce an ideology and the philosophy of the United States, and they are backed by taxpayer money and the, and the money and the government backs them, the army. You Negroes, what? What are you defending? What nation are you defending and where's your backing at? If you don't defend, if you don't have a responsibility to the masses of the people. And for you followers, yeah, I'm yelling at you. Because it, it, it's, it's disgusting. It's sickening. Yeah, I'm yelling at you. For you followers, who allow this type of speech to go on? You make responsibility and accountability to you. Ask them what you're doing. Ask them what this is all about. Unless it's just a pastime for you. Seven, what's up? I hear you. I hear you and I feel you. You know, we're creating unrealistic expectations and understandings as to what, how we need in our communities. But I think it's so important to do, like what you said, just because we see people in our community does not mean they're community-based organizations. And that distinction does need to be made on high levels and on low levels. You know, we need to know are you here to serve the community? Because if you're not, maybe you shouldn't be in the community, you know? And so I think we have to start to really kind of ask those questions for our clarification. Because if you didn't have any intentions on serving the community, then this may not be the right place for you. And then you can go ahead and then we don't have to have this conversation. I'm not going to see you. You're not going to be here. I don't have to ask any questions. So I, I think what you're saying is we definitely need clarification 
And for the followers, the, the members, ask the question. You need to know where yes. your dollar is going. You need to know where your time and effort's going. You need to know what every single one of these symbols and meanings, what, is, what does all that mean? What am I representing? What am I upholding? You have to ask the questions before you go there. Because the second that you go there, the second that you lend your support, you are condoning whatever they say, whatever they do. And so we have to be real clear on that because in our communities, we got a lot of confusion already. Some of it is intentional. Understand, some of the confusion in our community is coming straight from the government so that they can keep things out of whack, uh, unbalanced, disorganized, all of that. So we don't need to be adding to the confusion already there. You know, so if we're if you stand up and say, hey, I'm about the community, this is what we do, this is how we work, be about the community and deal with community issues, okay? I don't need to go in the community and teach people how to fill out PhD applications. That's not what we have to do right now. You know, right. we may be in there filling out other applications that are relevant to those in that demographic, in that neighborhood, okay? So let it be personal. Because if it's not personal, it doesn't mean anything. So that that's right. what I wanted to say. I feel your frustration. You know, I, I think we have a responsibility, though, to ask more questions, to make sure that we are giving people the opportunity to, to you know, pe- to speak their piece and clarify where they belong, and then they need to get where they belong. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. Right. You know, and, and that, but, you know, I think a lot of times what kills us on that is it takes self-analysis, critical self-analysis. You have to really look, what is our position towards black people? A lot of times we gravitate toward these groups, um, you know, and even if we gravitate towards the group because they, they look like a strong black group, when we get in it, they really start whispering to our secret fears, our desires to be our fear of being associated with black Africans or our desire to be separated from being a black African here in America. You know, and they speak to that. And we get, and I think that the people get caught up into it. And before they know it, they're practicing elitism. They're looking down on people. They actually have a judgment on people who don't see a revolution the way they see it, who don't practice it the way they practice it, you know, um, they have a judgment. They, we forget that we are people who have been traumatized, that we've been, we haven't been given proper information. So our decisions, we, we have poor decision-making processes, you know. And even if we got the proper uh, uh, information, our desires have been allowed to run amok so long that it's just hard to check ourselves when everything is so legal, cigarettes, alcohol, Pornography. You ride down the highway, and they got you know, peep here, look here. This. So when all of these things, it's hard to have a self check when you know you're living in a, in a society where immorality is the order of the day. You see what I'm saying? So this this caters and goes to the a whole elitism because to me, elitism is nothing but a group of individuals. You know, all of these people are just on some individual stuff, thinking that they're better, and they may. Hang out They may look like you know they're tight But one thing I'll tell you about elitism Or about this cultism or clickism It's never 
as you think it is. Every so-called elite group or special group had a whistleblower. Had a whistleblower. It is never as you think it is. So we have to, you know, like like Samuel is saying, we have to ask these hard questions. What is your position to the community? What do we do? Does that, you know, how can we help the people uh, that may not be where we're at? How how do we aid and assist them? These are some real questions, and this is what this whole thing is about. You know, I want us to begin to look at this elitism because I see more and more of it coming out. You're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. I'm your brother, Chairman Yanga. We got our National Director of Operation 7 on. Press 1 if you like to get into the conversation. If you like to say anything about it, what's your take on elitism? Or what's your take on our responsibility to the black community? Or the so-called groups that are out here now? One of the things that sparked this conversation, I'm not going to out one of our members. I was talking to a member, and she was talking about one of these groups. I'm going to talk about the group, though, the Moors. She was talking about the Moors. She wasn't talking in a negative light. I think I got more frustrated than I was like, sister, quit defending these clowns. You know, she was telling me what one of the brothers had said. And I felt like, you know, we have to be careful not to defend these type of statements and allow this type of foolishness to continue, you know, in the community. And I was, my thing was I was warning the sister. Um, I didn't call it elitism, but I was warning the sister of that particular exclusivity. You know what I'm saying? Why haven't you checked this brother? I called him on that. Or have, why haven't people been warned about this character, this behavior? And a lot of times we'll find out out this particular sister, but a lot of people, I don't want to cause trouble, all this and that. That's elitism. It's clickism. It's cultism. No one should be above. We have a responsibility to the people. We can't. There should be no code that, unless you're in a criminal organization. Those are the only organizations I find that have codes against the masses of people and shun transparency. Where they say, you know, we can have our secrecy. We can do what we want to do to the people. That usually, you find those in criminal organizations. If you find a black or so-called progressive black organization using this type of language, you should be leery. You should really listen closely to what these individuals are saying. Because at the end of the day, it is all power to the people. Bottom line. It is about the people being in full control of their destiny. And that's what any progressive black organization should be working with. Did you want to say something, Seven? I sure did. I sure did. Please Because you, you said some words right there. We have to be careful that we're not trading one master for the next. This has happened many wow. times in wow. our history. Be very clear, okay? We will take, you know, we will feel the oppression from one situation and say, hey, look, you know, this is horrible. We want some we want some liberation and we'll turn around and trade that master in for the next. We will go and find a new master to worship and, and make the same mistakes we just got finished making. Where we're not we're being blind, we're not asking questions, we're not looking out for our fellow brothers and sisters. The things that don't make sense we don't bring to light. The things that we know are wrong we don't bring to light. So we have to be really, really careful about not trading up masters, okay, because there's never a trade-up. 
You know, this is about our empowerment. This is about, you know, this is totally not about being and co-signing under another master. So be careful Mm. about what you're doing and what you're lending your energy and your effort and your resources and your knowledge. Be very careful and cautious about where you're putting that information because they will use it against you. So we're not trying to find another master. I, man, well said, well said, and 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 you know what? I would like to believe we don't want to find another master. It's just unfortunately some of the steps that we take it makes you question, man. Are do we are we looking for a master? Are we looking for this ultimate Masonic? You know, we had that Masonic company. We're looking for like you know, are we looking for this ultimate leader that gets us to go against our better judgment and just what's innate in a communal people? We will follow these people and, and listen to these people when it, everything in our nature is screaming, no, no, no. You know, so, it, 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 I, you know, I begin to wonder, damn, do we really want to master? Are we really trying to sh- shake the shackles off of one master, you know, and, and regain our freedom, or do we just want them to exchange the shackles? Do we just want our master to reflect and look like us, to reflect us and look like us? And ask the question. I'm telling the listeners out there, first I'm telling the so-called leaders of these movements, watch your words and really, um, you know, basically I said, watch your words if what you're, if, if you really are for black people, then watch the things you're saying. Now, if you mean everything you say, yo, we can't help nobody. We for ourselves. Hey, you're saying exactly how you feel. But to the but to the supporters in these organizations in these groups, first examine yourself. I always tell people, quit rushing to run to a man. Please, you know we're getting one thing. I will say about us: we learn quick. We learn quick. Commercials have duped us for so long, and television has got us so long. We use social media the same way. Supporters, I quit falling for every damn commercial you see on Facebook. Those are just commercials. You do know that brother doesn't wear that uniform all day. Have you thought about how the brother eats? Does he have children? What's his children think about him? Does he have a wife? Does his wife even like him? Does he have a job? And I'm not saying all these are necessary. Does he kick his dog? Does he? I mean, stop buying the damn commercials. So a brother gets on there and got a brother. I seen one brother on there. Brother got the mask and the gun and the brother looking hard. I just happened to know somebody that knows him, and it was a whole different story. You know, and not saying that all of them, too. They was like, man, that might not even be that brother's gun he's on the thing with. <laughs> you know. So we have to stop buying into the commercials and examine. There's nothing wrong with being in a group and asking, can I study with your group? Can I attend some classes? And then ask the officers or the leaders of those groups some serious questions. If you're serious about the advancement of African people here in America. Now, if you're just looking for the honeycomb hideout and something to do in your part-time, in the meantime, in between time, okay. You know, why not? Bounce from organization to organization to organization. Because you wouldn't settle anyway. That's what you're looking for, some entertainment. So maybe in the bouncing, you'll be even be entertained. But if you're looking for something substantial, something really fighting for the freedom, you have to ask the tough questions. 
And if a leader can't get with the tough questions and says, well, look, you asked me, don't be, that's not where you want to be. Why would you want to be in any group that isn't represented, uh, uh, can, can represent your feelings or answer questions about your concerns? Why would you want to be in any group? Get out of this low self-esteem we have. Let's get out of this thing where we've been beaten down and so downtrodden that anyone can come to us and we embrace it and jump on it and run with it without even examining it. And how many times have we found people getting in trouble from parties to religions? I know a lot of people in E5 got their head busted like that. Pots that ain't nothing in the pots. Baba Laos and EIs that were just, just yesterday goat herders in Nigeria. But that, that, that wanting to belong, that wanting to not be us, will help will make us embrace anything. And we've been so suppressed and so taught not to question so-called authority. We'll sit here and let a Joe Blow tell us any damn thing. We will allow a Joe Blow to tell us anything. And we accept it. All in the effort to be different from the so-called black American. And now you have one thing I will say about the black American or the black African here in America. He has picked up on that. And now you find us emulating the same behavior. We got these groups and you can't ask us any questions. It's obey and don't ask. Do as I say type thing. And we go for it. And when a brother like Yang or a party like the People Black Panther Party for Self-Determination comes along and says the challenge that some of you have been so indoctrinated that you think, what is it, hating, scared to use your own mind. Some of you have been so indoctrinated that you think thinking for yourself is dangerous. In fact, you, we, you have been so indoctrinated that you think speaking out against an injustice or a wrong that a black person has done is divisive. Man, unity. Man, you divide the people. The nigga's a crook. The nigga's a criminal. He's a beast and a monster. But because he dons a beret or red, black, and green patch or whatever have you, you're saying that I shouldn't address the criminality, that I shouldn't address this monster masquerading as a revolutionary, preying on unsuspected Brothers and sisters, you saying I shouldn't address that. I should pull him or her to the side and address it in private. Why? The nigga didn't do it in private. The world should be warned about these type of people. But for the sake of unity, in our mis- being misdirected and misguided, in our not understanding the responsibility to the people and thinking we have more of a responsibility to some elitist group, we allow these monsters to run amongst us. And then what we do is we'll quit the organization. We still won't confront it. We still won't address the issue. We still won't say, hey, man, either address that brother or address it. We will quit the organization, allow these parasites to be out there and do harm to other people. Cowardliness. Or either mis- sense of misguided sense of unity for the sake of unity. Why it's elitism. Is it unity with who? It's not unity with the masses of the people if you're hiding 
someone's wicked behavior. It's unity with your elitist group, with your cult, with your clique. This is the responsibility you have to the masses of black people. Your responsibility is to keep me safe from them niggas. One of them. Even if you don't have the means or the wherewithal, the heart or the courage, the energy or the time to fight my clear enemy, to fight oppression in its most blatant form as bigotry and racism, systemic racism at that, even if you don't have the wherewithal to battle that, while, damn it, you can't even warn me against someone that looks like me, you're so indebted to an individual or a group of individuals that you allow them to usurp the rights of the unsuspecting masses of people. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You help to contribute and aid to this thing of elitism, and that must be eliminated if we're going to advance. We have to get rid of the so-called superior and supreme organizations that don't deal with anyone outside of the organization, and if you're not doing it like this, why? <clears throat> Excuse me. I challenge the supporters of these groups to ask them why. Why haven't we reached out? Why haven't we done a joint maneuver with any other group? Why haven't we reached out? Why, if this is a black organization, why is this the only thing that we're learning? Why do you say this is going to be the, our guns are going to be our salvation? What about our living and our eating and our health and our children's education? And Why don't you ask these questions? Either you're scared or you like the Negroes and Negresses. You're scared or you have elevated them to such a position in your life that you think they're beyond reproach. And either way, it's not healthy for you, and it damn sure is not good for the black community because you're not good for us. You allow anyone to take advantage of us. You allow anyone to come in and have their way with us because they belong to a segment or a group. And those of us that speak out against corruptness, against wickedness, those of us that speak out against or not out against have an opinion about particular ideologies and philosophies as espoused by different groups, if I have a, a contrary opinion, those of us speaking out against that or saying something against that, we have you in our ear talking about, brother, take this to the side, why do you go to Facebook? Because the nigga went to Facebook with the madness. How does the righteous man have to take the lower road? How are you telling the man with the truth to be silent and to whisper in the night? Why you never address this sucker with the lies and the deception, misguidance and wickedness coming off their lips with a thousand something damn viewers? You never address that. But when we say something, then everybody wants us to hush. You're an elitist. You're in a cult. You can get away from me with that. Well, I'll go to the mountaintops and scream out about the injustice. 
You want me to get out here and scream about the white man and this man treat me wrong, and because a man has black skin, you're a brother unity, man. We need to stop. Hey, I, yo, bro, man. When you didn't say nothing, when he was whoremonging through the party, and I get on here and say, hey, these brothers have to stop whoremonging, or brother you, call his name. I don't give a dick. Stop whoremonging. The sisters are complaining or whatever. Damn yeah, it, man, you got to do him like that. He didn't have to do her like that, or he didn't have to do him like that. When do we begin to speak up against what we see as counterproductive and counterrevolutionary? And when the one does speak up against that, we all find ourselves jumping on him. You're being bamboozled, black people. We're being tricked. Our love of black people are allowing people to come out and use black nationalist rhetoric, revolutionary rhetoric, revolutionary tactics, to pull us in, but they are not revolutionary philosophies or ideologies, and you find yourself in a cult. And then you get in this cult, and you're so shook. Either you leave or you start your own stuff, but you still never warn against that cult. Why do you listen? Let me tell you something. Either two things are happening. With all of these little splinter groups that's happening, either you guys couple things happening. Either you guys that break off couldn't follow instructions and got mad and broke off. Either that party was not right and exact and you and you got mad and broke off. But what I'm saying is whatever reason you broke off, you never let it be known. If it wasn't a right and exact party, you didn't belong. They say, oh, well, Yanga, you broke off. I broke off with Chris, Sister Crystal Mohammed. Anybody can check their history. And we had a wonderful brother Named Fahim Ali RBG. Any lady, why any of that hair? was made to train. He was murdered by some punk dope dealer for doing the right thing, stopping that foolishness in the hood. He's a martyr for the cause. And when we separated from the new Black Panther Party, when Chairman Malik at that particular time was stepping down and appointing Hashim, we wrote a letter, a declaration of freedom citing our grievances and posted it on Facebook, sent it to them, invited them to the convention we were having, and posted it on Facebook. Uh, side note, John Lewis, had, I'm just in there watching. John Lewis has made his transition. The chill just went through me. And I'm down here in Georgia where he was a representative and just awesome, awesome civil rights worker. Let us remember uh, John Lewis, representative, Mr. Lewis, uh, man, just awesome. We are real. We really lost another. Uh, just man, just awesome. So my condolences to his family. Um, now we have another ancestor we can call on, and a great ancestor. There again, represent Representative John Lewis has made his transition. So I said all that to say we posted it. To the Facebook We put it out there We allowed the people to know what our grievances were And they saw, they were able to see that it wasn't personal That it was a professional grievance This was our thing And we didn't hide it We didn't go to the side and just break off Because we disagreed We allowed everyone to know What was going on Why we disagreed And even invited them 
or invite or, or said that they could send representatives to the conference. Not so now. These groups break off, and this group went, and and you don't even know why they broke off. You don't know why they separated. I don't know if I should be concerned about you breaking off, meaning that they checked you and maybe you were a bad group, or should I be concerned about the group you left? We don't know. You're hiding. You're in the shadows. You're not being straight up down like six o'clock, and this is the this is the dilemma we go through. That elitism, that elitism, that elitism. Man, this was a quick hour, so I'm wanting to tell on my show because this was just really about a self check, a self check. Really, all these groups for the black masses do they feel like they have a responsibility? And if they don't, yo, it's cool. Say that. But don't get out here hollering about you a Black Panther and you don't have it. Wait, it ain't our job to take care of everybody. Don't get out here saying you're a revolutionary and say that ain't our job to get take care. Don't get out here with these names that imply we're the Marcus Garvey Brigade for Freedom, but we ain't with everybody. We're the Malcolm X uh, Liberation Movement, but we ain't, you know, we, we not, 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 not liberation for all the niggas. All the black folks in America. Don't come out here with that. Be what you're going to be. If you're a little training group, do your little training. Shoot your guns. I'm not knocking. That's good. People know I need to knock you. But don't go to pretending you're a militia, you're a military, you're a defense organization, because you ain't none of that. We can't depend on you. We can't count on you. I can't look for you to come to my aid and rescue. If I could, I would see you addressing some of these hangers. I ain't saying you got to stop them. I'm saying I would see you addressing them. I would see you in communities training the people to be vigilant and alert, whether it's teaching the sisters first aid, teaching brothers first aid, encouraging them to carry mace and keys in their fingers. You would be addressing defense issues. The only thing I see you brothers addressing, if it isn't glorifying last week's demo to some old stuff, some bravado, then it's, if I don't see you doing that, then it's some disclaimer about why you can't defend the whole black community. Stop it. And supporters, you stop it. If you're in one of these groups and y'all ain't did nothing, you need to question that. If they say that's in their charter. Now, like I said, if it's a gun club and that's what y'all do, you're a gun enthusiast? I can't get upset with that. That's what you do. You're a gun enthusiast. But if you're a gun club, and like I said, you're coming out here pretending to be other than that, while you're misleading, misdirecting the people, you're, 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 you're actually more harmful than you are benefit. Because when you're called on your stuff, we see you out here. We say, hey, man, yeah, that looks good. Hey, man, they're killing us over here. Man, we don't do protest. We don't march protests. You know what I'm saying? We just, uh, what the fuck do you do then? What do you do? We, we show up. Okay. Well, yeah. Quit playing like you're with me then. And you support us. Quit trying to make me swallow it. 
If I say something against it, stay out of my face. If you ain't saying nothing to your leader, stay out of my face for speaking for the people because you know Yanga, the name of my party is People's Black Panther Party. For what? Self-determination. That means we believe the people have a right to determine their destiny and to defy themselves. So that's what we're about. So stay, if you're not checking your leader, stay away from me if I scream a brother or sister out for espousing revolutionary rhetoric by having counter-revolutionary actions. And I'm going to conclude. Sister Seven, you still on the line? I think Seven dropped. So I'm going to conclude with that. With that, I'm going to leave you as I, as I greet you every week. That's all powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power.